Okay. Do you want headphones this time? Because I have headphones. I guess. Whoa, I can hear but you. But I don't even think... Oh. Just put them on. Yeah. If you don't like them, you can take them off. Okay. You're number two. Hello, check, check. Yeah, I can hear it. Okay, this is you right here, number two. Number two. Number two. Have you ever seen Short Circuit number two? <laughs> yes. Johnny Five? Yeah, Johnny Five. I need to rewatch the first one. I don't remember anything about the first one. All I remember is, your mother was a snowblower. <laughs> or something. Your mother was a snowblower. That's all I remember. Okay, well, here we are. <clears throat> I'm sitting here with my two best friends. We've never done this before. <laughs> <laughs> ever, ever. Ever before. I have my wife, Chantel Prejean, and I have, sipping on some coffee, Brent Wiggins, and... We also have Asher and Dahlia in the studio, which is, you know, not, uh, where's Ichabod? Is he still scared? I think he's in the living room. It has been thundering outside. Today is Sunday, July 5th, 2020, and there has been thunder and Ichabod is scared and he is very weird when he's scared. Anyway, let's move on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Bryn Wiggins, what is your age and what do you currently do for a living? Um, I am 38, I believe. Yes, 38. And I'm a producer uh, editor in the television biz. TV biz. Chantel, what is your age and what do you currently do for a living? I am 28, going on 29. And I am a marketing creative and a professional photographer. A creative I like that. Yes, I like to say that because it marketing is very broad and it kind of narrows down more the creative side of marketing mm-hmm. versus, you know, super heavy analytics or like marketing research. I hate mm. that. That doesn't sound very fun at all. Yeah. Data, data, to, data. What does to, it mean? What does it mean? Yeah. To be a market or market person, you would want to do some research, but that was your only field that sounds disgusting sorry for all the market researchers out there. okay how whoever wants to answer i don't care how <laughs> way to go <laughs> how has covid and the recent lockdown stuff affected your work life whoever wants to go this is for both of you well i guess i'll go first um all right yeah uh, it hasn't changed too much uh i could do most i could do almost all of my job from home so it hasn't changed anything. It's changed the relationships I have with people that I want to see in the office uh, mm-hmm. from day to day that I can't see. So that's super annoying. But uh, yes, I just pick up data or download data and then take it home and can do everything from my home studio. Do you have to worry about Wi-Fi and all that kind of stuff often or is it? Worry about Wi-Fi. Yeah, being connected to anything. Or is it just downloading one time and then you're set for like the next month of it's that okay yeah depending on the project sometimes uh someone will throw a bunch of assets at you as things are ongoing Mm -hmm. and that uh yeah that can happen but usually it's download a bunch of shit and then manipulate that until you're finished and it's usually all all together asher how has COVID affected you he is now in chantel's lap (laughs) chantel that leads the question to you can you repeat the question how much do you love me? <laughs> a whole lot. That's the correct answer. <laughs> How has COVID and the recent lockdown stuff affected your work life? 
So my quote unquote day job as a marketing professional, it has changed it very much. Uh, we did lay off a few people um, and I have transitioned 100% of the time to working remotely now at home, which is great and it has its downsides too. It's hard getting into the swing of things when it all first started and now it looks like it's probably going to be remote work for the indefinite future, which is kind of cool. Um, as far as photography goes, that all pretty much stopped because nobody was allowed to be around each other. The lockdown happened. I believe photography was a non-essential business technically. And of course, it I think it hit photographers harder who do 100% events. And if you had your own studio, that was really hard because you're basically locked out of your own studio. Then that goes into, you know, you, ha you have overhead and you're not allowed to have anybody there to make any money. Mm -hmm. um, it certainly was easier not having a studio, but the jobs definitely stopped just like most of the economy. Mm -hmm. But it's getting better, but still weird. Yeah, because we're still getting more cases of stuff and people were i guess we're in the middle of shutting more down again yeah we have reversed the previous step we did so i know there's actually quite a few people who had say weddings planned for the past few weeks and the changes went into effect for the occupancy levels on some venues again because we went back a step yeah. right so now they're like oh my gosh wait a minute uh I've been planning this and in two days the rules are changing. So it's very confusing for everybody and it really sucks. No one is speaking up enough to make everyone feel like they are properly informed. I missed that video where the president says this is exactly what's happening and this is what we need to do to get through this. Even state leadership everywhere. I mean, it's like no one's communicating with each other or going by the same data before arguing about stuff. Yeah, and it's hard, too, because things are constantly changing. So there's a lot to keep up with. Now, at least in Texas, you know, they have the whole masks mandated, whether or not there's a an actual penalty for not wearing a mask in mm -hmm. businesses and all of that. But I think that should have happened right when things started opening back up. I yeah. mean, why not? Because at least from what I saw, when I was going out, I was going out and picking up food and coffee or, you know, things like that. I wasn't actually going and dining out places. But like I said, I, there was 70% of the people inside the places, not including the workers as well. But the workers were all wearing masks, of course, as a business. But it's like it was just right back to normal. Like nothing mm -hmm. had ever happened. Just no care in the world. Yeah. And it's just like... What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I wish people would naturally choose to wear a mask instead of this idea that... That you're need... being forced to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's also such a blunder for the Trump campaign. I feel like it's become so polarized to have... You know, it's almost political now. If mm -hmm. you don't wear a mask, it's uh, you're a Trumper. Yep. And what a missed opportunity. Uh, you know, they could have said... 
make America great again, have that written on a mask. <laughs> and that could have been part of their campaign to see a bunch of people saying, we're proud of America, we're going to make it better, but it's completely gone the other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, I don't think we should necessarily need to be told what to do, but it's a shame we don't want to respect each other naturally and everyone put on a mask because it's a good idea. I mean, if we're going off of what other countries have done already it seems like we're not really doing very good yeah. are, are they not cooperating and communicating with us or are they trying to and then somebody up there in that big white house is just i've got it under control we don't have to talk about that <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't planning on talking about that everything that i take this conversation to naturally doesn't really work out very well <laughs> let's see here this is the weekend of America's Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen anybody online talking shit about it? I haven't been online, so there's that. There's that. Yeah. That's good. The only thing I've seen is the issues and bickering about fireworks mm, yes. in the neighborhood. I've seen a lot of that. Neighborhoods and whatnot. And dogs. Dogs and fireworks. I didn't realize dogs could get on the internet. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're not liking it. The dogs do not like it. Yeah, we dealt with that last night. Ichabod is... It's the same with the thunderstorm. Ichabod was hiding behind me in the studio as I was working on something and then tried to get under my desk and would not leave until I actually removed him from underneath because he was scared of the boom boom outside. Mm -hmm. Now, what most people were saying was... I'm just laughing at scared of the boom boom. (laughs) Sounds provocative. A lot of people are saying, you know, they basically want fireworks to be banned, for lack of a better word, because of their main reason is dogs. Dogs are running away um, because they freak out. If somebody keeps their dog outside, they usually run away and get out because they're scared. And then, of course, you have your dogs inside. Like, you know, Rusty and I have three dogs ourselves. And, of course, they're little scaredy cats about a lot of things like that. But... And no way I do I think fireworks need to be banned. It's not like people are doing this every week throughout yep. the entire year. What are the regulations with fireworks? Because I thought they were banned. So I, I think it's within city limits. And I believe not- it's certain types of fireworks. Like Probably. if you just have like little firecrackers and stuff, I'm sure that's not a huge deal. But my problem, of course, this is a personal problem, but we had the issue last night with our back alley neighbors setting off fireworks in the alley closer to our backyard. For one, the entire back fence is a fire hazard mm-hmm. because it's all this old dry wood and all of the trash from the fireworks that they were setting off were either coming in the backyard or going into our driveway. And no, they didn't pick up any of that. Of course not. So, yeah. Why would you? Mm. It's America. Pick it up yourself. <laughs> so, have you gone online to complain about these guys, or are you... Negative. Okay. Negative. No. We didn't try to cancel them. <laughs> Good. Which brings me to my next question. What do you think about cancel culture? <laughs> <laughs> Good transition. Hmm. Seriously. You know, Give I've... us a sample yeah. for the audience. A sample of an example. Have you seen anything recently that you either thought was justified or blown out of proportion and was just not fair to the person being thrown under the bus? Yes. (laughs) The answer is yes. I probably just edited out 20 seconds of silence. Um, 
yeah, the answer is yes, but it's like it ha- anything things, you could think of is what I mean. I, I it's so weird because I can't. I feel like things move so quickly, and I can't mm-hmm. remember yesterday's news because it it's already covered up by whatever was this morning and yeah. an hour ago. And uh, I mean, I'm not speaking about an hour ago actually, because like I said, I haven't even been online in the last few days. But um, in general, we're rapidly going faster and faster, and I'm having a little bit of trouble keeping up with the latest story yeah. um, with cancel culture and anything with, um, yeah, edit. <laughs> yeah. Well, my most recent one of somebody uh, famous would be, I don't know if you saw Joe Rogan's where somebody was sharing a clip from like 10 years ago of him, them telling a story from like 20 years before that. Joey Diaz was talking about making girls suck on his pee-pee or something before they come into or you get a get a spot at the comedy club or I don't know what it was something like that but they were saying like the way he was laughing at it makes him sound terrible and I like, just laughed you know, at it just now so is, I mean, is that a terrible thing uh, uh, to- <laughs> but I mean I don't think it's stuck for one yeah. thing but just the fact of people trying to get get people fired or right. just cancel them in a way and for for so many people my problem I think more than a lot of other things is the fact that a lot of people just blindly follow and join in by yes, get their fucking head for doing what they did. Even though I don't know if they actually did that or what the context was in that situation or that time frame. I mean, look at something that you've written just five or six years ago and you can understand maybe what kind of a mindset you had at that time and think, wow, I'm not that person at all anymore. And to think that somebody can't grow from a misstep in what they said, or just like I said, taking something out of context completely, it, and you know, what, in a negative be, light. It would be wonderful if they looked at that clip of Joe Rogan and just thought, "Wow, look how he's grown and hasn't repeated that blunder." Or yeah, you know, uh, instead of seeing it as a negative right away, but seeing how wow he was a different person uh, back then. You know, no one's asking, "Is he still like that?" Mm. And in some ways, probably yes. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's it's reaching and. It seems like it's just out of boredom or something. What is, is that your job? Just mm, to make the sure police that, of yeah, checking. Yeah. Are you yeah. the manager of the parking lot? <laughs> Inside joke. Um, You're all outside. Really have no thoughts on this right now. I, I, but I, it's, it is super frustrating to be living during that time where we seem to be at each other's throats about stuff that we could just learn to hear and accept and move on from. And we do have a knee-jerk reaction to get at people, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why I haven't been online in a few days because yeah. I can only take so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like every single thing is the biggest deal ever. Whatever someone says or yeah, does, and I mean, or doesn't do, right? That must mean that you think this if you don't do that, right? I mean, I have a particular example that popped into my head when you asked the question it was basically a business that was getting thrown under the bus after an assumption had been made and there was a bunch of screenshots of a conversation Mm. but that business didn't say anything to reinforce what the person who was throwing them under the bus was Mm. saying about them And it was very much an attack, an assumption, and it made me very uncomfortable. So the assumption is, since they didn't clarify, then they Mm -hmm. are doubling down. They're they're saying, yeah, that is okay. We're going to... Right. Which is so 
hard and iffy to do. I mean, as a business, someone comes at you with an attack, basically. And it's like, if you say something, you're wrong. But if you don't say anything, you're wrong, too. It's kind of that. Mm -hmm. That's how I view it. And that's how a lot of, you know, if somebody is under scrutiny for anything and, and they're famous in some way, it's always like, don't say anything, don't make any comments because it's just going to be taken in the wrong way. Because it's like nothing you say is going to be good enough. But they were basically singled out voluntarily by this random person who made an assumption about their business. And I don't really want to go into what business it was or what industry it was, but it was it was very uncomfortable. So basically they were slandering their business with no real backup and everyone everyone was jumping on board i mean as a business myself i mean oh my god that that will ruin your your life and what you've worked Mm -hmm. you've worked for yeah and so it's like you have to be so careful about everything every and being you know a sole proprietor myself it's like my business is an extension of me and vice versa too so it's like i have to be even more careful for certain things but anyway, it was just, I thought it was very wrong for them to completely trash this business. Yeah. Since I know what you're talking about, I'm trying to, I've been trying to think of a way to, to explain without divulging too much. Can we change the name of the business? And No, I'm not even going to look at the name of the business or what they did or anything. It was a matter of just imagine you have a small business and we're talking about like the Black Lives Matter situation. Okay. If, if, if you don't say anything necessarily or you're not doing anything and you have, you know, like a mild platform, I guess. If someone writes you a long message about, I think you should use your platform for this and I think you should be doing this. I think you should do that. And you you don't disagree you're just basically saying thank you for your input and then leave it at that that's kind of where it was Mm. and then someone blasted that out to these people don't support this cause and this is what they're doing and asserted all of this stuff and people just fucking gobble it up yeah like yeah fuck that business they're racist assholes and you know whatever it's it's it, it doesn't apply to everyone. You can't just assume someone's intentions or or lack of involvement online. Maybe they mm-hmm. don't want to. They don't want to step in a mess. You know, a potential mess. You right. know, I'd rather remain neutral. And to remain neutral is is a bad thing. Now I don't understand that. Yeah, that's that's totally messed up. When as you're saying all of that, that actually makes another issue pop up into my head as a sole proprietor that I also can't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> But um, it's a shame that everything is so black and white like that. I have to want to put props to the business to conduct things how they choose to. I believe in business Mm -hmm. to make decisions. You don't force a uh, a Jewish baker to bake a a Nazi cake, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's the best example for... A perfect example is the issue when gay marriage was becoming legalized a lot more. I guess a few years ago, it's been a minute now. But when a cake baker was refusing to bake a cake for a gay couple. There you go. Same kind of thing. Um, So I totally get what you're saying. I think it's totally up to a business, a private entity, to decide whatever they want to do. And if they make bad decisions yeah. as a business, they will go out of business. And right. let, exactly. let that You just be. don't, people that don't like it, don't, don't need to go there right. and don't yes don't support don't share to not be satisfied until they're under the ground or their business is right. burnt to the ground what kind of person does that make you how, how do you feel good doing that i mean you feel like you've done something justified i mean 
because they might have a really shitty view doesn't mean they don't offer anything to society or anything to anyone else or that they don't mean something to someone else. You know, You're just assuming that people are like that are worthless and need to be gone from the earth. And I just, I can't understand that. Or just destroyed personally and professionally. I, yeah. I think it, you know, for the benefit of this, I think it destroys the person spewing the hate as well. It's like they're pouring poison for themselves, but killing someone else. Um, mm-hmm. Because all of that energy that they're putting into, you know, telling them how much this person is horrible, even if it's just them ignoring a situation, that has to be eating away at them. They could be using their own energy for all these good things, and instead they're yeah. using it to uh, spread hate or whatever it may be. And I just, what's the good of any of that, you know, for that individual or group of people or, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I wish that instead of it being, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I want validation for being right, or this is wrong, I want validation for this being wrong, people had a lot more nuance in what the topic was and they could talk about it together in a forum that was constructive into making a better business or mm-hmm. some constructive feedback or get out of the way <laughs> so that yeah if you think about it like in that certain situation where you know I divulged a little bit but instead of writing someone a message like that and then trying to I mean what was the goal there there's probably a goal to take a screenshot and do something there that's still not with good intentions. Why not show up and talk to somebody in person so you can understand where they can understand where you're coming from and you can understand where they're coming from. And it never even would have hit the internet. And maybe you could have changed someone's mind mm. without ruining their business and creating enemies, you know? Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. And I mean, one other thing that stands out a lot is it's one thing to be like, Oh wow, that what a sucky thing for that business to do. And but there's people out there, of course, on the internet who literally are like, these people need to die. Like, Mm -hmm. death threats, we should vandalize their business, we should do this and that, we need to give them all these bad reviews. That's where it's disturbingly inappropriate. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh yeah, you know, let's come together and be like, wow, this business doesn't really have good practices, but I mean, anything beyond that is, I think, pretty disturbing. And yeah, just like you said, People need critical feedback and good feedback to make their business better all the time. Mm-hmm. And we've done that multiple times before where you actually go up to the owner or you talk to them personally, not blast them on the Internet mm-hmm. for some crappy job that they did on something. But you didn't even talk to them about it and give yeah. them your feedback. Right. And not giving them the chance to this is the bad, make it right. The bad Yelp review. The one-star yes. Yelp review. Yes. Um, Don't shop here. <laughs> yeah, like I mentioned recently, our lawn service that we got recently right. that was subpar, and they weed-eated, weed-whacked one of our trees near to death. And, you know, I wrote them a message online instead of blasting them, which I said, I'm not looking for a refund. I'm not trying to blast you on the internet. I just want to let you know in case you're unaware of what your employees are doing. That's all there was to it. And they came back and did a better job, which I did not ask for. It's kind of scared about it. <laughs> See what would happen. <laughs> but anyway, just reaching out in a more uh, neutral position. And like I said, more of I'm trying to make sure you're aware. And if you are aware, then your business is probably just not going to do that well. And I'm, I don't feel good helping in that. Mm -hmm. How would I feel good about just blasting them? When when it's coming between the customer and the business person, 
they are going to have to solve the issue between the two of them. Because what else are we electing for? And that goes for any relationship with anybody. What we usually do if we're getting angry is we're saying, somebody needs to fix this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then sometimes that's the government or right. that's, you know, whoever. And I just think the best solution is always going to come from within the individual to make a bond with that thing that's bothering them with the other person, one-on-one direct contact. And if we can do that across the board with every issue, then we won't need anybody to help us out, which yeah. is they're never going to anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. I think that's the whole purpose of mediation and like legal situations. Mm-hmm. I know I recently signed uh, with a commercial business I do business with photography for and part of their contract was something about electing mediation if there were to be any problems that came up because they want to fix it between you and them not have all these lawyers involved or you know there might there's a certain type of lawyer who does mediation but you know have the whole mess of all of that Mm -hmm. so it's like no we can come to an agreement together without the mess (laughs) so Yeah. yeah please yeah well i had one i guess an example that i was going to throw out so i can trash talk our city facebook group (laughs) as an example what if i post on facebook that somebody cut me off on the road and i also witnessed them throw out a full cup of coffee onto a homeless person on the side of the road how does this happen at this like at the same way they just cut me off on the road and then as i'm watching them i see them throw a cup of coffee out of the window onto a homeless person i think wow what a piece of shit so i post about it on the facebook page and then one of the first comments i'm sure would be did you get their license plate number then i say yes they ask for it i put in the license plate number then a few comments later someone says here's their address Whoa. Here's their phone number. Yeah. Look, what you, look it, what you started. Do with it what you will. <laughs> yeah. And people do that. That's it. I mean, that's <laughs> but, a fake I, example, but on a real, real conversation yes. that happened. Oh, I'm so glad this is a fake so, example. Yes. <laughs> no, I, that's what I'm saying. Okay. If I had posted that in the group and that trail of events mm. happened, more people would jump on board. People would go to the house. People would call the number. People would call in death threats people would throw eggs at the house perhaps i mean there's no there's no telling what could happen mm-hmm. exponential growth i came up with the scenario of in this situation thinking if somebody didn't want to be that rude and just went and let all the air out of their tires what if the next morning they didn't make it to work they don't have an air compressor and they can't drive somewhere to get air in their tires they lost their job or they're a doctor or they're going to save a life <laughs> yes <laughs> yes all because of what I typed on the internet that could be a fucking story and not even true. No one cares about the truth. They just, yes, fuck that person that you told me a story about. I'm going to go mm-hmm. do something bad to them without knowing if it's true. Yeah. So usually when I see that kind of stuff in that group and people do offer up addresses or like anything that's personal, I can't help myself but to say, how do you even know this is true? And of course, somebody's going to say, you know, how do you know it's not true? You know, know, whatever. (laughs) Just to combat. Well, okay. If I don't know, I'm not going to do anything. But you're assuming that it is true and you want to do something about it. That's the difference. So I just want to throw that out there. Well, thank you Because maybe that's more relatable, you know, in a situation somebody says, I've seen something similar to that. You know, maybe I can think about it a little bit differently next time and not be immediately pissed off. Because I don't even know if it's true. If there's not a video... (laughs) 
But mm-hmm. even if there is a video, it might be a edited video taken out of context. You still don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and this situation happens all the time mm-hmm. in the community Facebook group. I do here. not. Yeah, that makes me never want to join one of those community Facebook pages. I'm, I would be terrified of Koreatown, Los Angeles, if I <laughs> looked up. Um, really? Yeah, you should just poke your head into a page, a city page of any sort someday, <laughs> just yeah, to see. Yeah. Because people are crazy, man. Have you... Um, have you downloaded the app Citizen? Have you heard of this no. thing? I do have that, which is it's probably the same thing. It notifies you when something happens and you get right. if you're wearing your earbuds, it has this really like I think they called them the 808 bass uh, drops this I, I can't do the effect, okay. but it's it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's super uh, bassy and loud and it 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 I need to turn my notifications off on that app basically. Yeah. But um, it, it notifies you, oh, someone was stabbed within 0.1 mile of your apartment. And okay. So, um, yeah, it's just like ultra-violent stuff. And, yeah, it's not it's not good to ha- I have. It has not gone off once since I've been in Texas. Uh, but yeah. it goes off daily in downtown Los Angeles. Hmm. Um, I wonder what that's about. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's unsettling. Anyway, that maybe a Facebook group would be healthier to, you know, browse through than having my... <laughs> notifications maybe. on that app, but um, maybe it also be, depends but, on the area i'm sure too because i feel like a lot of there's a lot of older people that i see that either comment kind of nonsense or just like i was telling you earlier about <laughs> older people on the internet not even possibly not realizing that they're on the internet that the internet mm-hmm. is a thing yeah that affects the real world and they consider it more like a game yeah where they have an ipad and they turn it on and they go on to a website and they comment something crazy or, you know, write out something crazy and they don't think anything of it because they just turn the iPad off and walk away and they'll just open the game back up later and play again later. Meanwhile, that game is still going on. <laughs> this game is background. going on with a lot of other people and I, you might have died in the game. <laughs> That's how bad it could be. Yeah. Yep. Just nuts. Yeah. Just to piggyback on that, uh, what is the name of that app I just said? Citizen. Citizen. Good job. Um, that just to give an overview of that app, people will take videos, live videos, as things are happening, and you can see at any time, you know, maybe twenty videos of the event that's going on from different angles. Somebody in this oh, apartment wow. over here. Somebody in this apartment. And people are commenting live as the video is happening, and if we're talking about like the same su- subject of throwing somebody under the bus and. Mm-hmm that sort of cancel culture right away. I just imagine what can happen if everybody is constantly wired to these, you know, cameras and they're videoing each other and commenting on each other. I mean, we're already doing that at our desktops and our with mobile, but if it's, if it's, I can just see it happening all the time. Like we're just dependent on this for our knowledge of the earth, (laughs) you know, like that game is always on and we're always filming every event. Yeah. Um, I just hope that, people can put their phones down at some point. Since. But then they're just going to put glasses on. That's yeah. creepy. It reminds Apple me glasses. of yeah. this movie that I watched, and I, I can't for the life of me remember what the name of the movie was, but it was basically about a company very similar to the Google type of company. Um, huge campus that like people live on that actually work there and different things, and you, you stay there most of your time. But they had, obviously, apps and internet and things like that but that that exact thing that you explained was used because they started using facial recognition to track and find somebody that they were trying to find 
lied that they were a fugitive just because, you know, of course, it's a movie. Um, there was some ex-employee and she was trying to get away from something. But everyone was glued to their phone, obsessed with trying to find that person. And so everyone's like, it's like a live feed from different points of view of this person trying to run away from all these people. But you are always known it knows where you are. Yeah. Everyone knows where you are. So that's how they were able to find this person. It's very, creepy. very creepy. Is it yeah. like accessing all cameras on every piece of equipment kind of a thing? Yeah. Like Batman. Yeah. Was that Batman movie? Oh, the Dark Knight. Sonar. With uh, but it was Morgan mostly, Freeman. He's looking at all the panels. Yeah. You can see all the cell phone footage. I don't footage think it was utilizing other cameras. It was utilizing people with that specific app. Oh, okay. So they were voluntarily... So like TikTok. ...using it. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we need to stop doing that. It was kind of like a social network kind of thing. Well, what's mm. going to happen when we have police body cameras and simultaneously potentially might have the ability for a company like Apple or Google or whoever to turn off your camera based on mm. GPS coordinates and time, like a political rally of some sort or something that they don't want you to take pictures of. Oh. But you have the police Ooh. cameras. I don't know. I just don't know that mm. angle to things. But I don't know. Yeah. That's a lot of control. How do you guys feel about police body cameras? Well, if they're being used and on. Yeah. My could, instinct could be, could answer, be handy. My instinct answer is... Yeah, that's a great idea. And they should be on and used, right? Because then you see what's happening. Mm -hmm. That's my instinctual answer. But if the, if the camera only goes one direction, though, is... That's, I mean, you see what's happening, and you can hear what's happening, but you're not seeing the cop's face. You're not seeing any sort of other things going on. I mean, you could hear tone and voice, which would make a big difference, too. And I guess hand gestures and everything so it's probably pretty okay but um i guess to look at it from a different perspective uh just be like you having a camera on you at your job but that's a different thing because your job is your job and being a police officer is is supposed to be held to a higher standard than just like putting shit together to make a computer i mean that's a high standard because it's got to work but there's so many other nuances and expectations out of an officer and uh, someone who is there to protect and serve that I feel like that might it might just be part of the gig. You have to be be in control of the situation and you have to be doing it properly because if something goes wrong, who's going to be held accountable for it? Yeah. If we, there's no one to prove either way, if they tell you you can't record something, you know, and then the body cam's off, then there's no, there's no way to prove anything. Right. So how do you, how do you properly arrest someone or do anything? You know, we, we, we did without cameras for the longest time, but now that they're here and we're able to, to not utilize them, I think would be, it wouldn't be maybe the best situation unless we could all trust police a lot better. Yeah. Well, we definitely need accountability. That's for sure. And hopefully some better training. Yes, Definitely. Yeah, if you have better training and you have a more vetted crew that you're, you know, putting through to that position. Well, you would think that with the cameras that will, the accountability will happen to where people will want to be trained more. They will want to make sure they don't screw up and mm -hmm. do something, uh, hopefully. That, yeah. You know. There's just certain things that you're looking for 
kind of a fail safe to take care of. When you call the police, you were in need of some sort of help and you're expecting them to help you. If or the, you're somebody like on Facebook just complaining about <laughs> Of course, of course. There's, sure yeah, happens, there's yeah. lots of different scenarios. Yeah. But yeah, some people call the police and they get killed. And that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, what I guess I was getting at is it's almost like them being a robot or being a computer. You, you should not be able to fail. You need to work properly. You need to fix this. And you know, that, that goes to the whole defund the police or whatever that everyone's has been talking about where there should just probably be major reform and more training versus defunding. Totally agree. Yeah. What do you, why are you taking money away from them exactly? If, is, or do you mean something else by defund? Because some people say defund as in abolish. Right. And that, yeah, I think that's, that's really what it means. Defund doesn't mean decrease funds. It means take away right. all. Detach. Destroy. Yeah. yeah. Without a plan in effect before that happens, that sounds just a little bit Crash. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I would a say A little so. cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Transition time. For those who don't know, Brent and I used to play in a band together. <laughs> <laughs> I have to mention that since you're here. Yeah. We had a couple of people play with us throughout the years. Scott Moberly and Aaron McKinney, too, for, for sure to mention. But the last lineup was Scott Sablehouse and Brandon Kearney, who I went to high school with. So we don't get too bogged down <laughs> into the countless memories. I was just going to ask you if you could share at least one of your favorite memories. One thing that Ooh. sticks out is maybe a good time or just just something to, I guess, I don't know, celebrate. Anything that might have helped you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think definitely getting that plaque at the Curtain Club was mm. a moment that I think we were working for for a long time, and we kind of always hoped, like, you know, one day we're going to do yeah. the Curtain Club. I think going there and seeing uh, Porn Lab play and just being in that presence of that band and then seeing their plaque on the wall and, um, you know, it just cemented this thing that if we could do that, then that's a good first step into whatever else could be after that. And that yeah. was just a good benchmark and a local rock star. Yeah. And as I recall, that was our best show by far. I thought, you know, we had our good shows, we had our bad shows, but there was always something very special about the plaque show. Mm -hmm. uh, we were just on our best game that night, performance wise, energy wise, we had the right set list. The crowd was there. Great crowd. It, yeah, it, it is a, a moment that uh, everything just kind of all came together that night. And then we got to hold up that piece of wood and say, fuck yeah. yeah. And it Look was just... We did. And we were kids. That whole that, that band was while we were kids. So, um, you know, I haven't played in the band since then. And you've been fortunate to go be way beyond that and do all sorts of adult stuff with music, <laughs> which is very cool. But I do think there's something special about when you're a kid uh playing music and you don't know what you don't know about the business you don't know anything that's gonna get in your way you're just you're having fun you're living your dreams and i cherish those moments like so much when yeah. you say a kid how old were y'all <laughs> yeah well we started when we were 14 13 14 that's and only 15 i think well i'm older than you so yeah. yeah, I don't know. We started in 1997, so you can do the math. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
March 3rd, 1997, by the way. Oh! Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but we played probably 10 years before we even really played live, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is that right? Maybe my math is wrong on that. You're but wrong. It's a lot of years before. But it was, it was a while. So what, you were yeah. 24? No, we played, uh, I guess no, we it played was, before then. then. <laughs> yeah, definitely played before then. We're, it was like 2002, one, two, maybe. And that's just like a okay, couple so of random like, four or five weird, years. like high school so show. you were maybe mm-hmm. average 20 years old. Well, we, we... Around your prime of the band? No. No? No, there was... There was uh, I guess the prime would be kind of around that area when you release the album yeah it's 20 probably or probably 25 around that time because i was 27 when i moved to california mm. i feel like we broke up about a year before that i think 24 25 would have been when we were yeah so 10 years from when we first started playing to our prime yeah and we probably started playing gigs about three or four years into practicing so we but we practiced like it was a gig Mm-hmm. And we were, you know, yeah. But we were kids, and definitely, it was definitely like listening to kids play music. <laughs> you know? So, uh, kid lyrics, kid behaviors. Yeah, yeah. But I think you know, even people that like uh, Johnny Hooper, who helped us with our um, like one of the first recordings we ever had. People would ask him, "Well, are they good?" I remember, and I would overhear him at like at, at my school where I was at, and. Even when he came to see us at the Galaxy Club, and he he would always say, "For their age, they are really good," you know. <laughs> and he was selling it, but right. um, but I think that he was right. I think that for our age and for us at that time, we were doing the absolute best uh, that we could. And I I think that you're making faces at each other like was really. <laughs> Godsmack. I'm doing the best I ever did. Oh, <laughs> the best I can. That's around that time frame too. Godsmack. Yeah. <laughs> that was ooh, yeah. Avoid. Yeah, that was that's uh, that that's some good times. Definitely. I just like I said, I didn't want to get too tied up in memories and stuff. I just wanted to mention that, and I think we need to put a pin in that, and we'll come back to that on the second round okay. of podcasting with Brent. Sounds so we can take more time. Since we also have another guest, Chantel, yes. I don't want to, you know, because we could probably go on for hours with that stuff. It could be its own podcast. Sure. So for those who also don't know this fact, Chantel can play guitar and she was also in a band back in the day. So let's talk about the name of the band and what maybe your favorite memories were or memory was. All right. So I was in a, I typically just say heavy metal band uh, when I was in 11th grade, 12th grade, high school. Um, The band's name was Scoria and we had, it was quite large for a band. I think we had six people. Wait, so drummer, vocalist, three guitar players, and a bassist yeah so six people and it was kind of because the drummer and the one of the guitarists they were a package deal Ah, so it was like no separating that those things yeah but it worked out totally fine and it was kind of nice if one person couldn't be there you still had two other guitarists (laughs) (laughs) which is plenty (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah exactly so it was it was really fun it was a great time 
As far as favorite memories, I, I just very much enjoyed having to put myself out there for live live shows mm-hmm. was an experience that Wow. <laughs> that was Asher. That sounds like an experience too. <laughs> he's not comfy. No, he's very comfy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, just the live show experience was, I guess, my favorite part, because I I think if I never had the chance to do that or was kind of, quote unquote, forced to have to do that because of being in the band, I wouldn't be where I am as far as social wise, you know, get being in front of people. And because mm. I I've still am very much an introvert and I can only take so much of being either in the spotlight or being very extroverted in my personality. So I really, really did enjoy that experience there. Okay. There was not a specific show. I mean, just like y'all, there's a lot of little things that happen, but it was just a really fun time with good friends. Mm-hmm. And um, I think our last, the last biggest show, um, my most memorable memory which wasn't necessarily my favorite was I remember we were on a blacktop stage outside during a festival and I was wearing black Converse and my feet were on fire and it was the worst, but we got through it, (laughs) but it was really good though. But yeah, that's pretty much it. And then of course I continued to play guitar after that, but then my, my focus shifted a lot more into photography Mm -hmm. later on. That's cool that you say that you're an introvert naturally, and when you're on stage, you got to have fun being an extrovert. Uh, I think I can relate to that uh, playing as well, and that's. I think it's fun that people can do that. They can. Mm-hmm. They sometimes need that thing to make them uh, an altered state of mind to be that way or be an extrovert. Um, I'm kind of fascinated with that whole concept of I'm usually this way, but when I do this, I am like this and it changes you and Mm -hmm. you can grow from it and take something from it. And that's kind of like uh, an introvert being a salesman or saleswoman. You have to force yourself to talk to people and and connect in a way. And that might not be your favorite thing to do, but it's part of your job and you just got to do it. I feel like I could relate to that too. Something you have to turn on. I was always shy for the most part, you know, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm more and more in the middle now as I'm getting older, but definitely more introverted until I'd get into a comfortable state, and then I could be probably considered an extrovert, but mm-hmm. more annoying extrovert. <laughs> Very weird. <laughs> okay, you don't play much anymore, so I'm gonna tell everybody on here to tell you to play guitar more. I do not. It's funny how much time life takes up. <laughs> yeah. Especially as an adult. I do wish I played more in college because I had a extra time there. Mm-hmm. But. Whenever you pick it up, you don't seem to have lost much, which Mm-mm. is good. No. Yeah. What about you, Brent? Do you I, play much? I do not play much. Uh, and I definitely have lost quite a bit for not playing much. Uh, it comes from the heart to want to play and continue mm-hmm. playing, and I, I just needed, I needed a different way to express myself. De- I guess I did get burnt out. I definitely got burnt out on our style of music, and that was something that I never found a landing point to transition to another thing that I felt guitar 
really had something for me in it. And I wanted okay. to express myself in different ways and find what that was. And um, every time I do pick it up, which is not often, it is very enjoyable. And there are moments and glimpses where I'm like, I, you know what, I, I need to go buy a new guitar. I need to go get an amp. But then I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm going to reserve myself and not do that. I will do that when I absolutely know that I won't put it back down. But yeah, there's definitely moments where I still hear pieces of music and I'm like, ah, oh, and it takes me back to, like, I can visualize myself playing that and I know that there was so much heart there. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't see it as a waste of talent or a waste of, you know, something that's not exercised because I think that there's still transition in that into something else. Um, you're still being creative. You're still expressing yourself in a way. Yeah. So it's not like you're bottling anything up specifically right yeah i mean i do think that i could get louder with that expression i think i'm still still exploring even after i guess it's been 10 years maybe longer since we ended the band so it's been a long time but uh Mm. but i think i've needed a lot of exploration of what that voice is and finding that voice and uh, maybe longer than i ever anticipated searching or needing realizing you needed to search for something Mm mm-hmm Maybe there was moments in that band, I said we were kids, there was probably lots of kid gloves with that band of, of, yeah. uh, of um, this would take some therapy to get, get through these, these thoughts. But uh, I, I think it was dreams, it was, it was doing what you're doing as a kid, playing and enjoying yourself. But I think once we started playing regularly with gigs every other weekend or whatnot, it did become routine-oriented where I... I think I needed to do other things or play with other bands to keep my interest hmm. there or keep it. I guess we were playing the same songs a lot and I, and I, it was very difficult to jump into new material for some reason. I don't know. I, it's like I wanted to find new material, but couldn't find the voice in that because I was mm-hmm. so attached to what we had been doing. Like, right. uh, I don't know. It's hard to put into words and make it, uh, come full circle. But anyway, Short answer, I don't play guitar anymore. So That's bold anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, I mean it wasn't hard for me to put it down, but it was very hard for me to uh, it, it's very hard for me to think that I'll never pick it back up. So I, I guess anymore is a bad word, but mm-hmm. um currently don't play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, I wrestling with that, you know, it's a wrestle. Yeah. So well, when I was at your place last year, you were using that synthesizer, the it, Moog. Yeah, it's uh, thing. Moog or Moog. I don't know how you say it. Moogie. Yeah, Moog, Moog or Fugger. Digit uh, synthesizer, basically what it is. Um, Very interesting. Yeah, uh, I use that still, but not so much for like creating music. It's more for creating tonal stuff while editing. Hmm. So if I need some atmospheric sort of sounds, I can get some just sine wave, triangle wave sort of yeah. like ambience that I can manipulate. And it kind of makes good transitional effects for while I'm editing, which is which is nice to have something that you can manipulate instead of looking for a, a yeah. sound effect online. Yeah, right? and that's also creative. So Yeah. There was a really long part of my life I think when I was transition I say transitioning from moving up here to go to college because I moved up here from the Houston area that's the same time where the end of the band was and I came up here where I felt a lot of guilt 
when I didn't play guitar and I felt guilty mm. and bad. And there was this very weird sense because, you know, there's always like practice, practice, practice. And I grew up having a lot of different guitar teachers. And so, of course, you go home and you have the homework type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was this weird hurdle I had to get over Oop. with not feeling guilt, not playing. It was your identity. It's who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I know yeah. that feeling. And yeah, it was very hard to get over that. Like I said, I did transition more into my creativeness, went into photography. So it's not like I completely canceled out all creative outlets or anything, but yeah, it was, it was my identity when I was younger and it was, it was like, who am I? Yeah. Cause that's how people knew me, you know, yeah. but, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily something that I identifies mm-hmm. you or anything but it was it was definitely a growing period and that was oh it was an awful feeling i yeah <laughs> I, I know that feeling it's dissociating from it like uh yeah for me it was very identity based and i felt like that's how every friend was back home in texas it's almost a good catalyst to move to california at that time because mm-hmm. staying here and not playing I probably would have still played longer if I hadn't have moved. Right. But I wouldn't have, would have been, been happy. I wouldn't have known, you know, what to do with it necessarily. We might have even tried to start another band together and then I would have slowly kind of exited or something. Yeah. And I don't, who knows what would have happened. But, but there's definitely that pull to be something. And I felt like I need to put this down because holding it doesn't make me, doesn't give me anything right now. And I'll find my voice faster, which I haven't (laughs) necessarily. (laughs) But you think you're going to find your voice a lot faster when you maybe don't have that thing that could be holding you in your old identity. It's just a weird thought that kind of fucks with you. Fucked with me for a while. It's the overly critical, overthinking, creative mind. Yes. I think. Yeah. It's such a, such a bitch having that. Bitch. Really. Yeah. You know, whenever we stopped playing, I think I think that I didn't play guitar very much for at least like a year. Whoa. Which is probably the the most for me. I mean, I was picking it up every maybe like a couple of days a month or something, I want to say. Wow. I never knew I felt that. like I needed a, a break in general. So still to this day, that's probably the longest yeah. that I've gone without playing or, you know, playing frequently. Even now still, it's just... A few times a month if if I have more time but you know with all the lockdown and stuff there was more time to to utilize and play but I wasn't necessarily super stoked and excited on doing anything specific we weren't playing shows so I don't really have a lot to practice for I don't have a lot to write for so that's I started going back on my solo stuff that I started whenever it was late last year or something Spend a little bit, little bit of time with that, but which is really good. Not, by thank the way. you. Yes, it's really good. still. I play more now, I guess, than most of this year, maybe. But I don't think I played much last year. So during honestly. that year when you didn't play, you put it down. Was there, um, was there any of those identity feelings at all, or was it just I don't feel like it? Not really. I don't. Th- I don't think that I paid much attention. Yeah. At least th- my. That's what my memory is telling me. I didn't really care that much. I just worked a lot more and spent more time in my relationship that I was in and just some other things that I feel like I've neglected by being in the band or, you know, not that I'm blaming anything on being in a band, but just stuff I didn't spend a lot of time with, a lot of time focusing on. I would say needed in a way. Yeah. Probably could have managed things a lot better. (laughs) 
more efficiently, but we live and learn. Yeah. Yeah. Some people just live. We definitely look back and criticize our, our youth. Yeah. I mean, I look back at our, our band days and we spent a lot of time practicing the same songs, which felt so good at the time. Yeah. It's <laughs> and, productive. And I didn't think because it was, we're, you know, we're working towards playing a show and being on time and on right. point and everything. Yeah. But yeah, you can only do that so much, so much, you know, you should just know it. <laughs> right. And that's actually, we, that's kind of what we did for a while when we didn't play for a while we played a show after not practicing for a while it seemed like that was actually a better show it felt great you know yeah that was always weird taking that short break and coming yeah. back yeah not oh, maybe maybe that's part of it. it was over over practicing or something yeah i think that just leads to burnout you know mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> anyway well let's uh let's dog off music i wish we had all right played now. shows together <laughs> maybe cool. one day we yeah. will <laughs> Chantel, I wanted to ask, what are more recent and cool things you've learned about in the plant and gardening world? Maybe something that people can benefit from knowing. Hmm. We talked recently about root flares. I wasn't going to say that again, but you're welcome to talk about root flares if you want to. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. So, root flares. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Root flare is the bottom of a tree that tapers off kind of at a slight 90 degree angle into the ground uh the part of the root that is curved question yes brent how can something be a slight 90 degree angle (laughs) that's where i was stuck at you can't say that maybe a (laughs) hundred degree angle what that's hot oh that's a hot angle gotcha i'm on board okay okay a little a wider yeah 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 that slopes into the ground. Yeah. So anyway, you, you should not cover those root flares up with soil or too much mulch because that is not healthy for the tree. And why? It holds too much moisture around the bottom of the tree. And that is not good for the tree because air is needed around that area. Okay. So for all you landscapers out there, who put a foot of mulch on top of the ground and make a mound around the bottom of a tree, you are doing harm and stop it. Yes. But if you put the mulch there, then will you not have as many foundation problems if you're watering (laughs) that mulch? You know, you're bringing, I get what you're bringing up and you're, you bring it up wrong every time. (laughs) 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 So, no, it's very, it's important to have grass and other plants and things around to help alleviate um, erosion. What's it called? Erosion. Yes. Mm. But Ground movement from flooding and rains and whatever. If there's not enough grass to hold the soil together, the soil is going to wash away. Yes. Soil. I say soil sometimes. Soil. <laughs> So our front yard, for example, it's gross. It looks like a balding person's head. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, balding people. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that your head's gross. But yes. Man, I don't I don't know what else could be so what? Maybe something beneficial 
or interesting yeah. that could help people. Well, uh, just like I mentioned earlier about the gardeners that destroyed the pine tree bark, mm. I didn't know that bark had such an important role in that it doesn't. Right. So with trees, the inside of a tree isn't what takes nutrients from the ground and transports it up to the crown of the tree. It's actually the exterior layer along with the bark around the trunk of a tree that transports the nu- that transports the nutrients. And so more recently, there's a lawn person who, right, um, took a weed eater around this very small pine tree we have. And I would say cut off about at least 50% of the bark around one, around the circumference of the tree. And that bark is never going to grow back. And so it will probably stunt the growth of the tree. And there's really nothing you can do about it at that point. Like if say... <laughs> A long time ago, actually, this kid ran over one of our trees in our front yard uh, in our old neighborhood, and he skinned half of the tree. That tree never grew any taller, but did continue to grow, but very, very slowly. And it was a very unhealthy tree, you know, just yellow leaves. And uh, you can't get that bark back. It'll scab over and look okay like a tree will heal itself technically but that bark cannot regrow like if you cut your skin you're looking at my leg so i know (laughs) (laughs) your skin will regrow together if you get a cut but if say somebody just you know scalped your head for example you can't get that skin you're just not gonna grow your scalp (laughs) back yeah yeah unless you take you know, and then you do like skin grafting, right? Right. But I mean, you can do that on a tree, but it's just not worth it. Can a tree do that to itself? That's the question. No. Okay. No, no, no. Also, maybe another tip is don't prune your trees or bushes or other plants that need pruning until the last frost or freeze has passed. You want to keep all that kind of dead old growth on your bushes and things um, because if you cut it too short and a freeze comes it'll actually kill more of the plant back mm. than it should be so it's like all of that extra growth on the bushes and trees will keep the tree warmer at those times yeah and i know a lot of landscapers might be like oh yeah we're just going to cut this whole yard but then it like will freeze three more times until spring and the plants will be fine but it just it won't they won't have as much as the plant as mm-hmm. they could have. Mm-hmm. This is very helpful for people like Brent <laughs> who just look at trees from afar. I don't have to deal with trees. Yeah. Um, maybe something else is that why having aphids is bad is because aphids suck the juice and nutrients out of plants. So if you have a few aphids, it's it's fine. It's not a big deal. But if you have a lot, that's when your plants will start to see effects of that. And... I don't know if this is a little known fact or not, but ants will actually help aphids live and whatnot because ants like to, I don't know the right word to use, uh, eat or suck the juices off of aphids that they produce on plants. So ants will actually carry aphids to certain plants so they can eat and feed on the plant and ants will continue to feed on the aphids from the juices they produce 
And at nighttime, they're known to take the aphids back to their ant homes and then bring them back out the next day to bring them to different plants. <laughs> A friendly neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So get rid of your ants. <laughs> I feel helped. <laughs> yeah, we have an ant problem. By the yeah, way. we we definitely have an ant problem. <sighs> hmm. All right, moving on from trees. I wish I had more to say about trees, but I don't right now. <laughs> think of something. Communication. Trees communicate. I think. They we do. we think. Yeah, we know. we're just they we're, 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 we just don't know about interspecies, interspecial, interspecial trees. <laughs> <laughs> Can a maple communicate with a sequoia? I'm going to go with probably not, but... They don't speak the same tree language. They don't... Exactly. But Jurassic Park, life finds a way. There so, you go. yeah. Goldblum said that. You know? Good point. Uh, uh, life... Uh, I mean, would it ever evolve to talk? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt the, the voiceover. It's <laughs> probably a good thing you did. Disregarding any sort of religion or specific ideology. Wait, hold on. She's shaking as her head. As, no. if, as if the... Yeah, we're still on the trees. No. So, Wait, what? Hey, well, wait, oh, oh okay. we're good. Okay, you both scared me. <laughs> so we're not going to evolve. Trees are, are they're not going to, are we going to move on from the trees? We're, we're, I love trees. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Disregarding any sort of religion or specific ideologies as an individual human experiencing what you experience from your own perspective, do you believe in any form of reincarnation? Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Winner! I'm agnostic about it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know who does. Yeah. Exactly. But it's cool to think about that you could have been reincarnated. Mm-hmm. And my uh, brother's actually, uh, when he was like two years old, he used to tell my mom, like, don't you remember when I used to be a girl? <laughs> <laughs> it was something he said all the time. I wasn't around for it, but I think I remember you telling me that before. Yeah. Oh man. And I have a sort of pre-birth memory, uh, and I don't know if it's really a memory or if it's just something I remember when I was a toddler, and I thought it was something that happened before I was born. Like you know how mm-hmm. you could potentially remember a story about something instead yeah. of actually being there. But I, yep. I have a visual of. And it's hard to explain in an audio show, but I have a visual about like choosing your level, choosing your destination. Mm. Uh, and I remember two specific images, and one was a full-on nature escapade, trees and wildlife, and and then the other one was all this technology and wires and uh, whatnot. And I don't know which one I choose, but I probably chose the computer one because that's the world we yeah, live in that's more. That's where we are. Yeah. But maybe there was, but I remember there being like uh, several options. There wasn't just those two. I just only remember those two. But okay. there was probably 50 different things that I could enter, 50 different doorways. I don't know what that means or what that memory is really all about, but it's like a very intense, vivid thing that happened yesterday. And I've had that memory for as long as I can remember. So... A memorable memory that you've had for as long as you can remember. It's, it's not technically reincarnation, but it could... I like to think of it as like an in-between stage. Right. But maybe it doesn't necessarily mean that there was anything before that either. That could have mm-hmm. been the first thing ever. I don't know. 
my answer is that I don't know. Now, if I did think that reincarnation was a thing, I would believe that we do not remember that past. We're not born with this innate memory of whatever it was Mm -hmm. that we had in the past. So if our souls are reused, then I think they're just reused. And I mean, it's blank slate. Well, we'd never. Yeah. Though they might be there there, you know, there's kind of the saying of, you know, oh, you have an old soul Mm -hmm. and certain personalities match certain things. I think that's really interesting. Um, So there could be something there in my belief if I did have a very, I don't have a very strong belief on reincarnation. I think you have an old soul. And I have been told that. Mm -hmm. That makes me wonder about, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but even like trans people where you're fighting to figure out what you are, who you are. I wonder if there's something like that that could be involved intertwined into some sort of reincarnation where you are supposed to start with a clean slate or you are supposed to be Mm -hmm. kind of wiped of the previous visit to this plane of existence, but somehow some of it still, there's some residual essence in there that doesn't fully go away. Yeah. Well, we definitely, I don't know, definitely, but I've heard that we carry our fears with us from previous, you know, different lives from, the past that so we're afraid of certain insects or heights or yeah. whatever it may be. And that may be triggered from an early, you know, species of us. Or somebody likes fire and somebody hates fire or is a f- deathly afraid of fire, mm. but if nev- neither of them have ever experienced anything, you know, specific to make them like or dislike. Mm-hmm. There's just something wired in them from the past, an old tribe that their village caught on fire or. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. So that's kind of like reincarnation in a way. You're mm-hmm. keeping something. It's also a question of memory. If memory is preserved somehow, some way. Maybe it's preserved in the fungi. Yes. The fungi in the ground from mushrooms and everything else in the network if it's just stored. Yeah, I mean... Isn't I- it Yahweh? <laughs> I think that's what they called the tree in Avatar. Mm. I have no idea. Yahweh, tree of life. I do think that everything you've ever experienced, and that goes as far as things that you didn't even process at that time, because it was filtered out based on how your brain naturally fills uh, filters out everything all the time. Mm-hmm. But everything is probably stored somewhere. Every smell, everything you've heard. Yeah, I've had smells that bring me back to a certain time in my life. I did that uh, last week. The school that I'm working at, I walked into the old kitchen, hasn't been used in a long time. It's been under construction, so there's construction smells. But I walked into this one part, and I smelled something, and I immediately thought, elementary school. Yeah. What is that smell? Captain Black. What Blagold. is that smell? Yeah. 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 It was very weird. It's like a time machine. Yeah. I smelled that Captain Black Gold on my way here. I stopped at a, uh, when I was driving to Texas, I smelled somebody smoking yeah. And I was like instantly transported to Philadelphia with your uncle That's when Percy and I went there when we were like 15 or 16 or 17 even. I don't know. So I think it was 17, 18 because I just was able to buy a cigar Yeah, for my first time 
and it smelled oh, yeah. like horse right. shit. Yeah. It's made by the Amish. So yeah. it was, I mean, it tasted good, very sweet, but I also had a little bit of manure in there, I think. Yeah. So maybe, uh, you, you know, you have this life and you have a hard drive in your head and it's recorded everything possible. And then somehow you go into the earth or your soul is lifted oh, out of if that. You cremate, if you get cremated, <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. It's not preserved because you have burned it all away. But sometimes have, it goes back into the ground uh, and but is then, it but it's burned though i wonder if there's but that would mm, that would mean that there's something physical involved i mean i think some people can die in the life that they have already going like their their mental life can just zap and then they're kind of somebody else the same body but they have become like somewhat of a different person maybe their soul has left or mm-hmm. or they become they get rejuvenated in their 80s maybe not that may be a little late but some people in their sixties become entrepreneurs all of a sudden and yeah. have a whole new life. And it's like, where did this, where did this person come from? It's a new player. Yeah. Of the game. Yeah. That's weird. The game of life. Yeah. I don't know. Chantel's looking <laughs> at us like, what the hell? <laughs> I just, I have no comment. Whenever I talk about this kind of stuff with her, she just looks very, like okay dear it's it's just it's <laughs> not, do you think we're crazy no, or do you not, think i'm crazy no it's not that i think y'all are crazy or anybody it's it's just one of those things that i've not put my time and thought into it's not that i necessarily agree or disagree it's that i'm just thinking about everything that you're saying and mm-hmm. just thinking i'm a thinker about it rather than just like throwing up <laughs> are you this. saying we we have word vomit <laughs> have vomited everywhere sometimes i I confess i (laughs) definitely have a word vomit yeah yeah me too that's how i think (laughs) (laughs) all right i wrote out a one second answer to a one second question situation scenario here this is my favorite part of your podcast Uh, sometimes i forget about it and i feel bad i feel bad for micah if he's listening micah i owe you one and i'm very sorry because i thought we did before and apparently we didn't and i felt bad Moving on from that. Um, okay. All right. So you guys can just answer however you want to. It's not a competition. You don't have to wait for someone else to answer. You just say it. because We're going I'm, at the same time. Because I'm probably just going to pan okay. the answers, you know, so you can hear everything. Uh, right? <laughs> but, you know, because the idea is fairly quickly come up with something. Okay. Here we go. As quick as you can. First thing that comes to mind. Hot or cold? Hot. Cold. (laughs) (laughs) Good job. Dog or cat? Dog. Dog. Small dog or big dog? Big dog. Both. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Dinner or dessert? Dinner. Dinner. Ocean or mountain? Mountain. Hmm that's a both mr california i knew i would get you on that one water or wine water water yeah me too morning or evening 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 hmm both (laughs) for different reasons i'm sure this was gonna be a good one baby or no baby (gasps) that's weird (laughs) Ooh. neither and both (laughs) (laughs) I don't. Yeah, that's a weird one. Yeah, is, is it weird? <laughs> yeah, that's a topic. That is. Uh, it could be a topic. 
Or does it, or it doesn't have to be. <laughs> it also doesn't have to mean anything. My first thought is current. No baby. Oh. Well, it could just be around babies. It's whatever you make Definitely it. not around babies. But when it comes to my own, there's an appetizing thing. Not to eat them, but an appetizing, <laughs> you know. But, uh, yeah, very uncertain. Okay. Fair enough. I kind of expected that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Deaf or blind? Wait. <laughs> That's a... Probably deaf. Would I rather be deaf or blind? I didn't say that. Oh. Hmm. Deaf. Okay. <laughs> a nap or a crap? <laughs> uh, crap. Nap. <laughs> <laughs> I said nap. It was... A, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't hear you. All right. Front yard or backyard? Backyard. Did you answer? <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm too into it. I'm going to say front yard. All right. Metal or classical? Oh, yes. I knew I'd stump both of you on that one. I'd go with classical. I don't know. There's a lot of different types. Yeah. As there are mm -hmm. with metal, but Yeah, I, I probably am yeah, I'm gonna go with classical as well. Okay. I think I might as well. Wow. Writing or typing? Typing. Yeah. Typing. Half empty or half full? Half full. Yeah, half full. Walk or run? Walk. Yes. Walk. Heads or tails? Heads. Head, tails. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it's tails. Oh. Uh. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> and that ends that segment. So I wanted to ask you what you were thinking of when you answered deaf or blind. I think my instant response was jumbled like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Uh, and then I settled on would I rather be mm -hmm. deaf or blind? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? I wouldn't want anyone else to be either. So I wanted to take one on for the team, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know. Okay, so if it was, would you rather be deaf or blind? You said deaf, so I have why? to say why. Oh, life is so beautiful to see, man. Like, it, I mean, obviously sounds too, but like, uh, even functioning. I mean, I, I do think that if you're deaf, you can definitely have a leg up compared to somebody who's blind on this planet. Mm -hmm. But uh, also, you know, d it did cross my mind to pick blind just because you would notice so many more beautiful things if you omitted what your natural primary source of perception is. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, that's why I pick deaf. Guess it would kind of just depend on your life or what, what kind of a life that you had. Cause I thought about that as I was you know writing this stuff, I thought about what I would choose and I almost thought blind your life is going to adapt to whatever your handicap is, I guess. So I was thinking of how much I enjoy music and how music or sounds could just take me somewhere and I could have my eyes closed and still visually see things in my head so that I actually might choose blind. Wow. That's big. Yeah. Um, Chantel, Dev... Deaf or blind, what was your reason for? I think a very obvious answer would be that 
I'm a very visual person. Obviously, I have a, a love for music too, but with photography and looking at things and I mean everything gardening I looking at bugs and figuring out mm. why things are the way they are and looking at how things grow and are it's just I would take that over yeah see I didn't even I almost didn't think of any of that and I'm kind of the same you know in that yeah. way and I didn't even consider that yeah so that's, I, I that's just, weird right? I definitely took it as a would you rather and I would rather lose hearing if I had a choice. We could also flip that around and say, what, what kind of, what would you rather your partner, Ugh. if your partner had to have a handicap? I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just saying like, what, what do you think would be yeah. more difficult? You know, I don't think it would matter. That's yeah. my answer. Yeah, I, yeah, there's I no, would you rather? Because as your partner, you would make whatever it was work same because as, it doesn't matter. Same as what I said Good about answer. life adapting to yeah. whatever. It's the same thing. Like Beethoven was legally deaf or something. Right. <laughs> I mean, he was a composer. Yeah. Um, and that's very interesting. I, I wonder if you would, you would be more apt to feel a lot more vibrations and things. And I wonder if you would learn how certain things sounded. If you were oh, yeah. born that way, I'm sure. Yeah. Because your body is compensating, or other senses are compensating. Your brain figures things out, and it's a process. Like, there's this guy who wore this uh, headband uh, glasses. They were strapped to his head, and it, what it did was reverse the image. So everything was upside down, which is funny because everything is always upside oh, down. Oh, right. But he did that for 90 days, I think. Maybe mm -hmm. it was 30 days. I'm not sure. And I don't know when this was. But after his little experiment, he took his headband glasses off, and everything was flipped because his brain had already acclimated to reversing that image so it took another 30 or 90 days to reverse what? back because don't we see kind of like that in a way or something right. the like image the way just flipped reflection is in our retina it flips it i guess or something like that yeah i don't I mean, cornea i don't know one of those things your eye holia yeah <laughs> yeah so you're seeing your brain perceives it right side up very strange yeah so works the same way if you lose your vision you're you're hearing yeah the vibrations would definitely come in stronger right. and you might have like a spy, spider sense spidey sense or something mm -hmm. tingling you know how you can feel if somebody else is in the room randomly yeah. i wonder if whatever sense that is whatever feeling that is is heightened because of that because of the lack of vision or you know whatever yeah it's a survival Even if it is sound thing you don't you don't hear anything but you can just feel something yeah that's probably the, the network in the ground somehow communicating with you that's what it is or it could be the energy in the room not to be like woo woo energy i just mean like gravity and things that you don't see that are happening there could be more pressure in the room or something or less error used in the room or something weird that you just don't really process is what's actually happening you just know something is different right now it feels like there's somebody in here maybe there is Oh my God. Chantel still has that confused look yeah. of why are you talking about that? <laughs> Do you think all drugs should be legalized? Yes. Or at least decriminalized? Yes. Yeah, I don't even like the word drugs. Sure. We, we lump everything into drugs. and uh, Caffeine's a drug. Yeah, I'm drinking some right now. and um, Yeah, it, there's more nuance to what is 
good for you and what's bad for you and even what is even good and bad are kind of the same words because you could have a bad what you would think of as a bad experience on a drug and it might be very productive but in the moment you think this is bad and you might if you don't if you're not educated about it or if other people are looking at you or if you're in the wrong situation you could be doing something bad but if you were handling yourself properly um and on the same exact drug in quotes you it could be extremely therapeutic and necessary for you to grow uh at a desired rate okay i accept your research paper (laughs) no i mean you know what good do we have by just labeling every sort of substance whether it's alcohol or caffeine or marijuana or psilocybin or lsd or hero i mean hero there are things that are probably bad for you no doubt but i still don't think we should call those things drugs we should actually as a society section things out and talk about things for what they are because caffeine is not the same thing as heroin mm-hmm. i guess no one's actually saying that is the same <laughs> thing but right. the point is when we're talking about the legalization of drugs we tend to gloss over it all as one thing and drugs are bad i just think more nuance in the conversation would be better for everybody involved right for sure so as a simple answer yeah i don't see a benefit of having all these quote-unquote drugs illegal i think having some sort of legal system of them would be better regulation of some sort yeah there'd be able to be regulation and i don't know so much more right yeah, it's not a super simple. Oh yeah, yeah. Simple answer. It was just more of a. Yeah. What do you think? I think regulation is good steps towards completely decriminalized. Mm-hmm. But um, I just I have a problem with somebody telling me what I can and can't do with my own consciousness, my own body. Freedom. Yeah. Um, but there are limits to your freedom. There are always, always limits to your freedom, but there's always people that want regulation in that things should be studied as a health perspective instead of a criminalizing Mm -hmm. perspective Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing yeah like on a personal level and a societal level but i guess at the same time you could say you smoking pot and eating psilocybin there's no benefit to society there so sorry you can't do it but you could argue well yeah there is because i'm going out into the world as a better person because i'm using this as a therapy or whatever the case there's conversation to be had and there's reasons behind that yeah i mean the conversation is important because generationally everybody's parents are going to condemn lsd everybody's parents are going to condemn psilocybin and maybe there's a lot of concern to be had there but that concern needs to be looked at medically with lots of research and the benefits need to uh, be talked about as well so that there's once again, nuance in that conversation. Instead of having political campaigns that just scare you to not do it and indoctrinate everybody into thinking it must be bad, and then you just t- teach your kids it's bad, stay away from That's that. why so many people still think pot is terrible for you or is still the gateway drug or whatever. I mean, I was, I kind of thought negatively about marijuana for a really long time. As did I. When it comes to just skipping the drugs thing, I just want to say that any criminal activity, I think, it should only be penalized if you're hurting someone or you're stealing from someone. Um, taking those two things off the table, I don't see any reason for incarceration of any kind. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't think of any. Because how are, you're not going to be re- rehabilitated in prison for right. doing a drug. Right. 
So we're just going to punish you for it. And then when you get out and you still want to do it, you're still going to do it. So if you want them to just not do the drugs, then prison is probably not the place to do that unless there's some sort of program in prison. You know, it's the same thing with uh, hospitals, like with people that have, you know, any sort of mental conditions, locking them up with other people who have mental conditions. Any sort of isolation or grouping this group together with like-minded people because there's a problem with them so we need to keep them away from the rest of society feels like a problem in general yeah um yeah that's a tough one it is there's there's definitely a lot of layers and levels to that kind of stuff too but if uh you know if you can go down the street and go buy some heroin because you want to do it um i don't maybe people don't want to hang out with you because they know that you do that instead of hiding it all the time you know or whatever drug Right. If it if you know that it's bad, um, which used to be legal in this country, by the way, mm-hmm. heroin. And sometimes bad things are what entices people. Sure, uh, you, it's because you're, you know you're not supposed to do that. So maybe if you were allowed to, you might not have that same urge, the yeah. same level of want. I mean, this is uh, you could throw out prostitution and say if there was more prostitution out there, we would have less rapes. Mm-hmm. Probably true probably true so should prostitution be legal because it is actually a valve of society that needs a release into not committing a crime mm. i don't know that seems <laughs> really that's touchy because rape to me I, I, and i think to a lot of people is a very violent thing sure of course there's certain things where it's like Whatever. It, it's it generally, uh, it's defined as violent to me. So, it, oh, it's, I think it's defined as violent to everybody. So right. just because prostitution may be legal or more widespread doesn't make people less violent. So those things would just be happening to those people. Or, I mean, as far as prostitution goes, I mean, I've seen a lot of movies. I haven't <laughs> taken in a prostitute. Uh, uh, services of a prostitute but some role play and do all sorts of things so if you're paying them extra to simulate something then maybe that that urge could still get out not to say that you're like someone's gonna be physical as in like punching someone and hitting someone but more aggressively and taking power kind of situation but that also takes a lot of self-control which i don't think is in the realm of somebody who would be yeah Hmm. Yeah, I can see. That. There's, a, I mean, there's definitely lots of layers and angles to it. Yeah. Uh, the data will say that countries that have legal prostitution have little to no rape, and our country, which it's the one thing that, you know, you can say it a hundred, it's a hundred years forward or a hundred years backwards. For some reason, we've said no, this is taboo, this is not going to be allowed, and we, I don't know if we have the most rapes, but we definitely have a significant number. I, I mean, we, there's probably some Middle East countries that have a shit ton of rapes, but. Um, yeah, I, don't, I would have to have data for, for all of yeah, that. Yeah, we need the data for yeah. this. <laughs> well, it's good to compare. I guess the bottom line is it's good to compare things across the board and say, is the drug thing a similar problem to prostitution based on if it's legal, will it mm-hmm. alleviate a problem? Uh-huh. Right. I, I don't know. My argument is that the data I've looked at, which I don't have in front of me, but the data that I have seen is that, yes, that valve is a healthy release. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's a healthy society, but it's a healthy release to obviously... 
not have the rapes. So yeah, if that, something like that happened, there could be an influx of negative things for sure. the next year in transition. But the next following 25 to 35 years were significantly better. You don't really know. Right. But also with drugs and the prostitution, what about um, the like the cartel or sex rings or whatever that you know get young girls right. and take them overseas sure. or, or whatever the case there could be less that of is, all that possibly yeah that's a definite downside of prostitution is human trafficking which is a whole other that's what i was looking for i didn't have that phrase in my brain yeah um yeah you if there is a such thing as legal prostitution you would want an industry where everyone that was in it wanted to be in it mm-hmm. right not drugged into it. Absolutely not. Or in debt and a slave to it. Right. Or, you know, anything mm-hmm. like that. So, and that probably goes on in most countries where legal prostitution is a thing, is there's a gang. Even in Japan where they have legal prostitution, uh, I think some women are probably in a debt situation to to go through that. And I don't know how it is in Amsterdam. I think that the sex workers there want to be in the industry for the most part. But I don't know. Anyway, interesting. Big can of worms, but um, <laughs> yeah, large. But pros- can of worms. You know, but I think that we have to get to a point where uh, drugs is not a bad word, and prostitution is also not a bad word. I, even saying the word prostitution in America seems like, ugh, whoa. It's a kind of a sweaty, sticky, icky almost. Yeah, but well, if you think about it, if it's a man and a woman who have agreed on their terms, if if there's not a like I said, if they don't want to be there against their will. Right. Then what is the problem with them? They've made up their mind. That transaction should be completely left out of a superior government, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Just on a functional level of do we have the freedoms to conduct any kind of business between humans? Anyway, I don't know where I'm going with that. but it's, it's, it's still such a bad word in this country, which is weird to me. Mm-hmm. Where the rest of the world seems to be o- more okay with that word, more okay with that profession. And not even just it's not an issue of tolerating it it's accepted and so it's accepted on a substantial level okay yeah nice (laughs) all right i don't even know how we got here i don't either we were just passing time because Chantel left and i don't know what she did what did you do did you pee pee i did and asher did okay yeah i was afraid about him he's been peeing on stuff lately yeah i didn't want him to pee on either one of you thank you for that this is why I'm a big dog person. <laughs> big P. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Chantel, if there's anything else that advice-wise or suggestion-wise or anything kind you want to throw out to the people in the world. Hmm. Be nice to puppies. <laughs> I guess the only things that I have coming to mind have to do with just how you think of and treat life and just like your mindset on a daily basis just even if it does sound kind of depressing just know that you're not guaranteed another day and I feel like I've been in a lot of positions where I've lost a lot of people throughout my whole life and and a lot of people haven't been there they're like man I haven't lost anybody yet in their life and they're already in their 40s and it's insane to me but just not taking things for granted and saying what you need to say whenever you want to say it like just you know say what's on your mind and like the truth and what you really think or how you feel to some people Mm -hmm. and what you what (laughs) 
explain um, supplies to earlier mm. oh i came in here and i said what i needed to say <laughs> yeah because it might be painful it might hurt and you know i've said things that i wanted to say before and i have not talked to those people again but sometimes that's what needs to happen. Yeah, or, sure. And I'm not saying, like, if you're mad at somebody, go out and yell at them because they need to hear what you have to say right. sort of thing. But if there's something important that you need to get off your mind or just how you feel about somebody in, in the good aspects of what you think and or just saying, like, your appreciation for people. Also, just taking a more relaxed and... What's the word? Know that you're also vulnerable in life and you can die at any moment basically Mm -hmm. so just be kind Mm -hmm. and be more relaxed about things you know second guess your anger for sure Mm -hmm. um and the little things like and i think this can parallel to a lot of other things in life if you mess up it's okay same thing as the perfect parallel is if you miss an exit on the highway don't risk other people's <laughs> life trying to get off the highway. That's a good one. It's okay. Relax. Take a breath. Missing an exit isn't a big deal. You can always pull over and get back on track. And that kind of goes for just life in general, too. It's okay. Don't mm-hmm. freak out and don't do anything rash. And just if you make a mistake, it's okay. You can roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. Mm hmm. I like it. Yeah. I'll just be more chill. Yeah. Yeah. Let's all be more chill, please. Do you have anything else you'd like to say besides oh, that? Well, Anyone? Anyone? Well, I was just going to piggyback on that and say that when you do feel the need to say what you need to say, it doesn't always have to be something that is public or on the internet. Mm-hmm. It could be a direct one-on-one with somebody or just having that moment to check in for yourself. Because mm-hmm. I think mistakes are 10 times worse when they're in the public and you should stop yourself before you go to that length of things yeah so they, that also goes into the cancel culture we talked about earlier where you know mm-hmm. you could just talk to someone face to face and try to work something out instead right. of blasting them on the internet and then feeling like some sort of hero <laughs> or something right because that could backfire too absolutely so both of you where can people go to see your work or hire you or support you and we will end with that I mean, I'm going to have, I'll, I'll have links to anything, but you know, if you just have anything to say, you know, I'm like, Brent, if you have a Mine is, project coming out at some point that you're be tied to, or, you know, whatever. I have, I have a few projects. Um, Buck Alamo is a feature that I helped edit. I didn't edit the entire film because of time and what, whatnot, but contributed to is, and, it, and it's, it's definitely an epic journey of, the mind of a of a man who's coming to terms with things and it's it's a psychedelic experience all in its own i think it's buckalamofilm.com i think there is an instagram of buckalamofilm hashtag buckalamofilm so that's one and i don't know any release dates or anything like that i know it's in final stages of sound mixing and color and all that and just for my work uh you can go to brentwiggins.com and that's where i have samples of things i've worked on and you can hire me to do your next project hire this man he might want to do some music videos yeah or something along those lines yeah that sounds fun yeah Mm -hmm. and what about you uh so you can see my website 
at www.chantelrenephotography.com. How do you spell Renee? That's the question? Yeah. First and last name. (laughs) So Renee is R-E-N-E. Okay. Yes. Uh, My website is my main place to reach out and contact me. I do not only weddings and portraits, but I also do commercial work, like architectural things and... Gosh, almost anything. Product photography is really fun. Puppies. Puppies, yes. Human puppies. Human, human puppies. <laughs> you know, the small ones. <laughs> yes. But that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. And you can find me right here, sitting at this stupid table. I okay. like this table. It's pretty cool. All right. Well, uh, the last thing I have on here is the word done. Wow. Cool. I just clicked the box, so we're done. <laughs> Roll the music. Thank you, guys. I love both of you, and love you, too, man. I think we probably could have been here for another six hours with more topics to discuss and more freedom to elaborate. But dreams, you know, we don't want yeah. yeah, we don't want to go too crazy yeah. and keep it next going time. for too long. <laughs> so until next time, goodbye.